0: Welcome to the next episode of Please Don't Say Anything But, well, I'll be chatting to people I've met in all different capacities in my life and asking them to expose their truth or anything they consider to be a vulnerability or perhaps an aspect in their life where they've chosen not to conform to society's pressures. And I'm going to ask them to talk honestly and openly about it. This podcast is based on the model of peer support. We're talking openly and honestly about something you've hidden or something you've struggled with or where you simply haven't conformed. The idea that this breeds connectivity with others who can identify with you. We're not looking to find the answer or solve anything. We're simply opening up the conversation or telling the story about our own truth through our own lived experiences. So my next guest has been introduced to me by another, please don't say anything but guest, which is amazing. (laughs) The word is spreading. So I have therefore had the pleasure of getting to know her over the last few weeks. And when I first met her, virtually of course, I picked up some really good vibes from somebody who was warm, friendly and appeared to be very comfortable in her own skin. She was so open with me from the get-go, and I was a total stranger to her, and so I was so touched and inspired for her to share her story with us. What I did learn about her is that she was from Germany, currently living in Brussels. I also learned that she's a certified coach specialised in inner growth and identity, which is perhaps why she was so easy to connect with and speak with. And so I then, of course, Google stalked her, and I found out that she's also a key Kong and Kung Fu practitioner as well. She's pretty all-round impressive, I'm sure you'll agree. Um, But I'm sure you'll also really enjoy listening to her as much as I did meeting her. So please welcome to the next episode of Please Don't Say Anything But, my guest, Nina Schmidt. So, Nina, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Before we start, and in the spirit of inclusivity, can you please confirm, first of all, how you choose to identify? Um, I'm a female, heterosexual, European. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Um, and before we kind of get into the topic that we're going to talk about today, understand a little bit more about you and your background, and so our guests can understand who we're talking to. So, Nina, what's your story? Um, Yeah, so I am from Berlin, Germany, but I've been
1: living abroad now since 13 years, and the last six years in brussels and that was because i was studying abroad i lived in three different countries and um traveled a lot and uh, that's actually also the reason why i'm now in brussels because i really started to appreciate this international surrounding also the place where i work is is quite international and uh it made me meet uh, many interesting people and i came across uh, a lot of things that became a hobbies and uh well i i really like uh painting crafting i'm into meditation but i'm also a passionate lindy hop dancer lindy hop is like a uh, dance on jazz from the 30s 40s and i also um i'm a kung fu practitioner if you can call it like that i uh i find it very uh it, it really helped me to work on my, my self-confidence. It's, it's very nice and it trains the whole body and it helped me to, to work on, on my breath and because I used to have asthma. And I now over the years, I became a Qigong teacher as well and I started teaching that to people also in the, the company at work. And I'm now, since three or four years, uh, four years, I'm a coach. So I was formed by the uh, coaches Training Institute And um, now specialized in in identity, which was also uh, part of my thesis and my master. So I've coached people from around the globe, and uh, yeah, and and continuously want to do so. So I coach in different languages, and now I also started giving uh, courses, uh, not only Qigong online to an international audience. And yeah, if you want to know about more about that, you can uh, check my website, it's uh, insight-growth.com because I'm an insight coach. So it's uh, about inner growth. It's uh, what you make of your life and how you can uh, make it better, how you can achieve your goals. So yeah, that's pretty much me.
0: (laughs) Thank you for sharing that, Nina. Um, And so what is it that you want to share with us today?
1: Well, please don't say anything, but
0: I'm open to polyamorous relationships. Brilliant, thank you. So Nina, I have a confession. So when you said that you were interested in talking about being in a polyamorous relationship, I had to Google it. Um, I had some idea what it might mean, but I wasn't completely sure. And so I Googled it because obviously Google knows everything. But now, having obviously spoken to you properly ahead of this podcast and when we were exploring the topic, um, I think that I've had an entire education about this. And I think this is where we should start. So can you please kind of kick us off, Nina, by just explaining what your experience of being in a polyamorous relationship has been and, and what's involved? What does it all mean? uh well i mean it's something that kind of happened to me i didn't really look for it or choose
1: it uh it's just that i was in a relationship with someone that had left the the place i was living back then and so uh we both did not intend to to move together in the short run so we decided to open up the relationship and uh that actually coincided well with me meeting someone else who uh around i think actually really just the first evening because I was at a party um someone else told me you know this one uh you should know he's uh his he's not only seeing his girlfriend or his girlfriend is also seeing other people i don't remember the exact words but someone told me like he's uh he's uh it's it's a multitude (laughs) it's not just one person that you would be dating or that you would be interested in and i thought okay well i don't mind and so uh, we actually started going out on dates and he told me on the first, I think, yeah, pretty early, um, that he had another girlfriend. So he was very honest and direct. And I told him, look, yeah, I have another boyfriend and it's, uh, it's an open thing. And he said, oh, great, <laughs> he was really relieved. And <clears throat> from there it went. So I had a uh, long distance uh, relationship with one and a more local relationship with the other. Um, at the same time, um, in my mind, I kind of, uh, yeah, constantly had two men <laughs> spooking around <laughs> and it took a lot of headspace um, because it was new for me and before I had only been in um, monogamous uh, relationships. And but I was I was willing to um, to explore. And I think what struck me in the beginning is that how how open um, people talk about it and how much uh, you communicate with each other. Which I didn't know, um, so I actually I knew who the other partners were of of uh, the girlfriend of the, the the boyfriend who was here, and she was aware of me and it was you know it, you know we talked about that there were issues we had situations where there was jealousy coming up or like who's a priority and where we had conflict and where He obviously taught me um, kind of how how it's done in the sense of that he had the experience and I didn't. And um, sometimes I was a bit frustrated, but uh, it actually it worked really well because it was so open and direct. And I had the feeling that I also had the opportunity to share my own feelings and that people that the other people cared that I was okay and comfortable that this was working out. And there was never any pressure that I should just be okay with it. It was always like, okay, if you don't feel good about it, then um, well, then we, we can we can be friends. We don't, you know, it's it's important that everybody feels safe and everybody feels comfortable. So I really like that, and I think this really led me to stay and uh, make me understand. Oh, there's a, there's a completely different way of relationships where you. Yeah, there are two people or even more actually involved. And when you think of it, in in friendships, you also have different circles of friendships which sometimes overlap or at work, you're part of different teams. So it's not actually something new in your life. It's just
0: applied in an area where you might not look for it otherwise. Mm. So interesting. and And I guess like, some of the questions that I initially had, and I'm sure some of the questions that might be running through people's mind at the moment are all around that, the how, or <laughs> well, how does it actually work? Um, so again, can you kind of explain how this has worked for you um, and what some of the kind of rules or, or, or boundaries have existed um, in, in this type of polyamorous relationship? I think uh, what was important to know was kind of who is a priority and sense
1: that, you know, there are two different types or like general types of polyamorous relationships. And one is hierarchical and one is horizontal. And the hierarchical is kind of that you have a main partner who is always kind of number one. And then you have other partners uh, which are I don't know if people rank them. I don't think so. But, you know, in the sense that if you are with one of your secondary partners, but then there's an emergency coming up for the first partner, then that's there's kind of an understanding uh, that that, that's, you know, that person has priority and that these worries, the divorce or the problem that this person has have to be fixed first and that you then meet it another time. And uh, then there are, of course, horizontal ones where everybody is kind of at the same level, which probably I would say most people are in kind of mixes. I would say that I was one one part of me was in a hierarchical uh, version of this the other one was in a horizontal version of that um so yeah it's depending on how which one you're in or it's actually it's very individual because it's the the rules you set they are depending on the couple the 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 trio whatever you have and it can be that, for example, on Saturdays, you don't um, meet this one partner in in a specific uh, shopping area because the parents of that partner walk around there, and they're maybe not aware of this orientation and of their of their kid, and they might be shocked or think that they're cheating. Um, so this could be something. Or uh, we had the rule that uh, of kind of of the place you're in. So as long as I was in Brussels, I was with, with one partner. And when I was uh, staying at the country of my other partner, there was much less interaction with the one from Brussels.
0: It was you would stay in touch, but it would be the priority would shift. And it sounds as if you've mentioned it a couple of times, but communications, communication. Yes is key is that fair to say oh yeah
1: it's it's very very important because um if i mean there's still such a thing as cheating and lying in polyamorous relationships um because if you don't uh say that there is someone else if you if you're hiding someone additional that's still cheating so it's uh, being on the same page and being aware of who is involved is really important because it's not just you know not just sex and on the side and casual um, it's really about love and relationship and I mean of course, it can be an arrangement that you have that this is part of it, but not the relationships that I was in, nor the ones I was seeking afterwards
0: mm. yeah and um and you, you you said that um your your head was kind of quite full. Um, at, at earlier on in, in the dialogue and so talk to me about that a bit more I mean to, to be honest with you Nina I've found having one partner can fill my mind enough um, and you, you know the emotional roller coaster of meeting people and how relationships go so let's talk about emotions and specifically kind of jealousy I guess and and, and maybe guilt um, so do you experience these emotions, and if so, are, are, are they different in you? How, how do you respond to them?
1: Well, I'm not immune to jealousy. <laughs> that I want to say, but I think we all love uh, our friends, our family members um, individually, but different each one of them. So the love that you have for your brother is not the same that you have for your sister, that you have for your uncle, for your best friend, for your friend from high school. It's it's different loves uh, at the same time, they might all be at the same level. So you do, and, and I always felt different kinds of loves for these partners. And they were so different from each other that it was, that I could easily separate that. I never felt like it became a mix or something, but it's what what kind of created this uh, full headspace was more about logistics. Like when do I call which person? When do I meet the other person? And kind of figuring out that they don't collide. If one, if if the one who is living abroad would come to Brussels, like how do I do that? Um, because I don't want to hurt the one in Brussels and the other way around. There can be situations where you receive a birthday card, and the other one is like, mm. but then the situation was that yeah, you said okay. I'm, I have to admit, I'm jealous that uh, that you wrote this card or. I'm jealous that you're going to to see him, that you're going to be there for, for a week or two. And um, yeah, and then you, you kind of talk it through and you say, okay, how can we make it work? Like, I don't know, I can call or, um, you know, that, that one partner doesn't feel cut off just because you're with the other. Mm-hmm. You still yeah. feel involved and part of the game. Yeah.
0: So again, it's about that transparency yes. and communication. Which actually is probably the foundation for all types of relationships. <laughs> yes. um, um, so let me let me go back, if I may, to mm-hmm. your childhood, as I I often like to do this with my guests. So, as a child, were you aware that this might be a, a type of relationship that that would that would suit you? And at what stage did you realise that actually? um a polyamorous relationship felt felt right for you
1: um well I mean I was not really I didn't really observe it around me but mm. I don't know as soon as I would fall in love with 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 people or I, I always it always happened that I were like two people in my mind. I mean sometimes there was just one but it was often two or that I had maybe a crush on someone additional and I thought it was normal because it was a teenager and I cannot make up my eye. Um, But then later, um, I, yeah, I was in monogamous relationships, but it often happened that I would fall in love with someone else and I didn't act on it, but the feelings were still there. And I thought, oh, does this mean that my main relationship is not good, that maybe I'm missing something? Um, so I was really questioning myself and wondering, is this, yeah, does it have to do with the relationship or is this just something that I am? Or it's like a need of mine. So I was, for years, I was really going a bit in circles and when I was finally in really experiencing it, I was like, no, this is actually something that I'm, I'm totally fine with. And that works for me. It's not necessarily like, a like a, um, a choice that I cannot go against. It's, um, it's I'm I can be in a monogamous relationship or in a polyamorous one it's really I like both but I I discovered over the years that polyamory is really kind of the word for what happened to me several times.
0: Mm, Yeah and have have you found any kind of aspects particularly challenging that you've had to had to deal with? Mm.
1: Well, I mean, if they were in the same in the same city when they were both in the same city, it's kind of hard to deal with friends sometimes because they don't all have this clear and open idea, and they don't sometimes don't want to hear about it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm pretty lucky because my friends are okay with it, and uh, they don't mind, but they kind of like making jokes sometimes, or they're like, yeah. Okay.
0: What? And that kind of leads me on to to my next question, just looking at people's r- reactions. Um, and, and I can imagine, as I said earlier, people just instantly want to understand how how it all works. Um, and so can you tell us a little bit more about those reactions from your friends and also from your your family as well? So different generations that might not have come across this idea or, or concept at all. How has that felt?
1: Well, I think my mother wants me to get married and have children. So that's really
0: outside of her world and imagination.
1: Um, So, but I, I mean, she's like, oh yeah, you do, you do whatever, you know. She's not like uh, actively opposing it or anything. I've not never felt a huge pushback, but I think my family is, they're pretty tolerant and open, actually. I'm quite lucky in that aspect, aspect and Friends-wise, I mean, I didn't really f- ever feel like this was a problem. No, I've, I've really been uh, very privileged that, that nobody really openly attacked me or criticized me. It was more like um, funny situations where they asked me, like, okay, how does this work? And I remember drawing on a flip chart um, different <laughs> constellations of people in relationships. And they were like, uh-huh. right so and then they asked me questions similar to what you were asking me now so
0: yeah i was really lucky and i am so so is this information do you keep it private or are you quite open about it or is there a sort of moment in getting to know somebody a friend or a work colleague that you would offer up this information how how does that work
1: um it's not something that i feel like i need to announce or like a warning, by the way. No, um, I think it's, yeah, it usually comes up at some point when, when I talk about dating life. Um, but it's, yeah, I mean, at work, some people know, but I don't, it's not like I wanna hide it necessarily. I just think it's nobody's business necessarily to know about this. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's my private life, I don't think it has to do it has a place in work and as long as everybody does their work what doesn't matter.
0: Yeah exactly and so um when I did a little bit of research um in in, into this and and what a polyamorous relationship means um there there was some quite interesting stuff that, that came up and there was um a website website that I found which specifically looks at myth busting (laughs) and some of the assumptions that I think and um perceptions that can be made were were horrible um there was um accounts of how people had experienced obviously women more so that they were being slut shamed over it that this was just an excuse to sleep with lots of men or um that that people, yeah, that it was used as a kind of um, sort of pass for being able to cheat and that that was acceptable. Um, And so, yeah, that there were quite a few myths on there. And one of the other areas I think of questioning is around, okay, so what does this mean for your sexuality? Does it mean that you're bisexual, or how how does that all all fit together? And and what's kind of your response to to some of those myths? Have you ever been confronted with them?
1: Um, yeah, I think the assumption of bisexuality has come up. Um, no, I'm not bisexual. I mean, I guess many people watch this series called You, Me, and Her. And now they think that everybody who is polyamorous uh, has uh, has to be bisexual. No, uh, absolutely not. And I think, um, yeah, maybe some people misuse it uh, uh, in order to cheat. And I'm I'm of course not happy about that because it doesn't help the people who are in this community um, to to make it more acceptable. Because this is not the idea. Um, as I said before, uh, cheating still exists. Uh, it's Cheating is still cheating, you know, if you're not open about it. And um, I think sometimes people judge others because they're kind of jealous or because they have pretty fixed ideas about things without actually doing the research, without looking into it, because they're also a bit scared of what they might actually feel like, that maybe they are in a committed monogamous relationship and they don't actually want to question that. Because they might have feelings for someone else, so they feel like they have to bully someone who does what they actually also want to do,
0: you talked there about community, so are there spaces where say if somebody was was feeling or maybe this this type of relationship is going to suit me more? are there spaces of support or places that you can refer to that perhaps you've been part of that can help with that? Uh,
1: Yeah, there's a group, a Facebook group in Brussels. Uh, I don't remember the exact name. They have a newsletter and they have regular meetings. And I think they had a buddy system. And uh, yeah, they're super, super approachable. Mm,
0: Yeah, so there is some support out there, which is good. Um, Okay, and I mean, I, I guess really my final question is around how does it feel to talk to talk quite openly and, and quite publicly about this this what's that experience like
1: um you mean here on the podcast or when I talk with people about it
0: yeah so here, so here kind of here yeah talking about it out loud
1: well um I I wanted to talk about it because I think it's not spoken about much and it's not very known and I wanted to kind of make people aware this exists, and maybe what they're feeling actually has a name, and uh, it, they're not crazy. <laughs> and I think it, it has to be um, addressed, and as a coach, I'm all about inner growth. you know, it's, it's about like, if you want to develop yourself, you kind of have to come clear with who you are, and what you want, and what you like. And um, part of me doing that for myself is also uh, speaking about it loudly, because how can I coach people on identity uh, if I'm not fine with defining myself who who I am, how I am, or what I experienced? Doesn't mean that I have to share every personal detail now with the world, but um, yeah, it is a part of my identity that formed rather late in my life. So it's it's interesting to talk about it, and uh, yeah, I think it's important.
0: And um, do you think kind of your background and your um your study and your practice and your personal interest around identity has kind of helped helped you on this journey?
1: Yeah, I think so, because it made me more open-minded to all the different definitions and concepts and uh, more aware of how many assumptions we have and that we need to challenge them. And also kind of studying an international environment, working in an international environment, you have to be a lot more sensitive to identity and backgrounds because you're surrounded by people from different continents religions uh genders ages and its identity it was always something that fascinated me when i met someone else like okay so you're from this country but you're completely different than this other person from that country and i want to know more and how does it come and why and so i just think identity is a very very yeah, it's fascinating, and it's fluid, and it changes over life and over time, and you're, you're never the same person at the same time. You wanna define yourself.
0: So, so having that that kind of um, background you, you think has, has supported you on this journey?
1: I guess, but I mean, I, I don't recall an exact instance where I thought, okay, I learned this from there.
0: Okay, so in which case, I think that brings us to the end of the podcast, Nina. Um. Thank you so much for sharing everything with us. Um, Certainly through our conversations when we were exploring this topic and certainly through our conversations today, I've I've learned a lot. Um, And as I said at the beginning, um, this was something I really didn't, I, I knew a bit about. I probably had a lot of assumptions as well. So I think it's really important that we open up this conversation and we really start asking questions around, expectations of relationships and who decides how a relationship should form and be so thank you so much Nina it's been an absolute pleasure to have you
1: thank you very much Christina it was great to have this opportunity to talk about this topic
0: so that was the amazing Nina Schmidt I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did and I certainly learned an awful lot I just loved the way how she simply explained what a polyamorous relationship meant and how she highlighted that the secret to success was around honesty, transparency and communication. When actually, honesty, transparency and communication are the secret to success of most things. So now we've started this conversation let's keep it going so what are your thoughts on what or who should define what a typical relationship should be please do feel free to drop me a line at please don't say anything but at gmail.com or please do find me on Instagram at my handle of please don't say anything but and together we can join the conversation and start to explore what is the meaning of a relationship and who should determine what it looks like in all the different ways shapes and forms that it can be thank you so much everybody speak to you again soon